When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break Pop Culture Cosmos where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcast. Plus also as well Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Guess who showed up again this week? It was none other than Magic Man Sean Grice and Joe Soro along with me and Chris Sardieri. We talked NFL week five. And again, if you have a fantasy football team, I'll give you a hint. By week, make sure you look at your team before Sunday morning so that you can go ahead and plan this stuff out because your team or some of your players on your team could be on a bye week. So check that out. Plus, we give you a lot of information on what's going on with some of the teams in the NFL. We also talk about the rookie sensation. At wide receiver, we talk about that. If he can keep on going, please go ahead and check it out today inside Sports Fantasy Football. Also as well, talking about everything that's going on with LakersBall.com, Joe Soro, who we do not know if he's going to join us today. We don't know. I haven't heard from him. He says he's busy. Mr. Joe Soro from Simblades. Hopefully he's doing Simblade stuff. Simblades with a Y.com. Also as well, you know he's doing stuff with Lakers Ball. Ox1947, and now that the season's back up and running, the training camp is here, exhibition season is around the corner in a couple days. He's going to be talking a lot there as well as Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Also as well, go ahead and check out Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there. You can go ahead and check him out today at Lakerholics.com. Plus our good friend Jamie Sweet, a.k.a. Yami Swoot, a.k.a. Admiral Akbar. He's doing his five things. That's coming back for this season. You know that's going to happen at Lakerholics.com. Also as well, our good friends, Lakers in 5, Empire Jeff TV, and also as well, John McCallion. Please subscribe today to those great YouTube channels so you can get some great talk, not only conversation with John McCallion, but also as well, talking some great NBA and some Lakers when we're not out on the air at Lakers in 5, and also as well, Empire Jeff TV. But make sure, subscribe there. And speaking of subscribing, if you've not clicked on the little Joe with the beady eyes, I know so already been some requests if there can be a Sean little icon there. I don't know. There's not really that. Sean, you're going to have to make some kind of weird, quirky face that I have to catch sometime at some point in time. Natural type deal so that it looks really legit. But I haven't found that je ne sais quoi moment yet to go ahead and click on that. So we, we found Joe. We just have to say Nerland's Noel, and yeah, the eyes will pop out again. So exactly, exactly. So go ahead and click on, for now, the little Joe with the beady eyes to go ahead and get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. 
Search and destroy. Great job as always. I know you've been busy. I know you got a lot of stuff on your plate right now. Just truly appreciate all the help that you can get in moderating us. Darren's already in the chat. The best Lakers chat room that's out there is the Lakers fast break. Dante, great to have you here. Uh, all I heard from Joe is that he is busy. So I do not know if he's going to join us tonight, but we still got a lot to talk about. And here today to go ahead and talk about what's going on with the Lakers, Joel Embiid, and so much more. Good man indeed. He is the superstar because he appeared this evening on Let's Go Warriors with over 165,000 subscribers. He was on the air talking Lakers and Warriors. Good man indeed. He's the madman for Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic. Coming out of the limousine as a superstar from his efforts on Let's Go Warriors to come over here and talk to us little people today. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. And magic man, as Nick and I said before, you killed it on Let's Go Warriors. Great to have you here, my friend, talking Lakers basketball. Back where it started, Gerald. Back where yep. it started. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, it was nice nice hopping on with uh, the channel, a little cross-promotion uh, from, from both. Uh, we're mutualistic on this channel. We believe in uh, helping out other people as they help out us. So uh, big thank you to Rich, too, and uh, Let's Go Warriors. But we're at home, Gerald. We're at the Lakers Fast Break. Absolutely. Let's go, Lakers. But, you know, can we get another 164,000 subscribers? That would be kind of cool. be kind of cool if that number below me says 165 in the not-too-distant future as well. That's the hope that you can find enough people out there or we can find enough, enough people out there that can support us. So definitely looking fa uh, as far as good in that sense. We are growing. We are gaining subscribers, and we're truly appreciative of that. But if you can... Please let it know a friend out there or someone in your life or a Lakers fan, random on the street, just yell at him. Of course, as you're driving by or running by so you don't get hurt, you know, because he says somebody whip out a gun at you or something like that. So please don't do that. But go ahead if you can and just yell out Lakers fast break on YouTube. There you go. Absolutely. That'd be good. I've done it. You know, scared the person silly. You know, I did it indeed. But Magic Man, let me bring you back in here because the first news of the day is in regards to LeBron James. It was announced that LeBron James will not be playing on the exhibition opener or in the exhibition opener this Saturday, you know, which is against Golden State. And then they also talked about he, I think, modernized uh, his uh, verbiage on his future for the exhibition season saying he'll probably try half the games, maybe more, depending on how he feels. I wanted to ask you this, and that's the first chunk of our conversation today, is exactly what are your thoughts on this? He is going to be 39 in December. Obviously, the less time. Your thoughts on LeBron James being out for the first exhibition opener against Golden State? Yeah, you know what, Gerald? Uh, I'm not surprised. Shouldn't come as a surprise, I guess. I, I think it's just holding, uh, keeping the powder dry for now. I think when it comes to rotations, minutes, um, it didn't shock me that he's not going to play. Actually, as a matter of fact, he's probably uh, as interested in seeing you know Prince or Rui uh, starting as, as much as Darvin Ham is, Gerald. 
considering the fact that um, better get used to it, baby, as the uh, the, the song says, um, I think he's going to, you know, sit out a handful of games here, Gerald. So just going to have to adjust and uh, other guys are just going to have to be motivated to try and make a, a bigger impact. Like I said, uh, you know, I think Darvin Ham's trying to play the old switcheroo here with the media, especially and the fans by, um, you know, in, in one day, uh, Vando is a, a starter with the purple shirts. And then the next day it's Torian Prince, make up your mind what you will. I think either one of those gentlemen or both could definitely be in the starting lineup on Saturday. Um, I think he'll probably play Monday, Gerald, because that's a home game. I, I can definitely see him playing Monday. Uh, I see him playing in your, your Las Vegas. I think the Vegas game is probably uh, probably a good bet. I doubt he plays uh, against the Bucks. I doubt he plays in that Palm Springs game, Gerald. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's the last preseason game. I believe it's against Phoenix. Um, but yeah, I, I half expect them to play in the, in the Nets game, uh, maybe one or two others, but yeah, I think it's mostly just, uh, easing LeBron into what's, what's going on right now. I will say though, I agree with what they're doing and how they're playing it out with LeBron. You don't want to overtax him. You don't really need to go ahead and have him be out there for these exhibition games, maybe one two games tops for me that'll probably cut it for you know him heading into the season one is you've already seen in the footage shown earlier today all over social media it's already he's trying to shoot and make a whole ton of threes he's already trying to go ahead and slam the ball with very that much that, that dunk was yeah. at 30 yeah. almost 39 years old gerald yeah like. yeah give me a break he's, he's you know he's he looks like he's ready he looks like he's ready to go you know, it looks like he's he's already in great physical shape. You know, we've already have shown pictures here on the site, on the YouTube page. He already looks in fantastic shape. So it really doesn't seem to me like they need to go ahead and expend too much energy. The only thing is him getting accustomed to the lineup, although he has already played with D'Lo and Austin already. It still comes to the fact that there's still issues about who will be that fifth man that's not going to get cleared up by anything on Saturday because since LeBron is out, you're going to have two players in there. One of them was probably only going to be the end up being the person at the end of the day that's going to end up being start the starter. So your thoughts on how that's going to play out as far as on Saturday night against Golden State? My my guess is, Gerald, um, they, they rotate. But my guess is I think Prince starts at the, uh, at the three. And Vando still starts at the four. Yeah, I just I think that's what you're gonna see. Or you could see, yeah, yeah, like I said, uh, Prince, or you could see Rui. You know, it just I don't want to take too much from what's gonna be presented out there as a starting lineup on yeah, Saturday no. because, yeah, you really really can't get a whole lot out of it because LeBron's not in there. I think as you get closer to the end of the exhibition season, just barring any injuries, barring any injuries, of course. The last two games is when you're going to really see them ramp up as far as them working together, a little bit more as far as the minutes to get them together playing well, but also give us an idea of who will be in that starting lineup. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the, the two uh, markers I'm kind of watching 
as uh, Gerald said, you can't really make a, a fair evaluation one way or the other absent LeBron from the starting lineup. But it'll be interesting to see how who how Darvin Ham plays Gabe Vincent with either uh, D'Lo or uh, Austin Reeves, Gerald. That that's one thing I'll be paying attention to. The second, it will obviously be Christian Wood. Um, what ideas d- does Darvin Ham for Christian Wood? Does he see him playing with LeBron or and AD? Well, we're not going to find out Saturday. So, what? Who else does he think would fit beside Christian Wood other than AD? That's the other interesting um, little wrinkle that I'll be paying attention for, Gerald. But you're right. Overall, can't take a whole lot out of that preseason game, good or bad. Uh, yeah. No, LeBron. I'm sure we'll have thoughts because we'll yeah. come on post game. We'll also have it on playback, playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. I was actually looking at the channel today, trying to find some footage for the little intro clip that uh, hopefully we'll be able to play. So we'll, I'm trying to go ahead and look into that, but yeah, playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. Looks like it's ready. You even have an app. You can even, if you wanted to go ahead and get the app out there for your phone, you can watch along with us playback.tv. Definitely would appreciate it. Again, we're trying to go ahead and have a lot of people, for our games. And then of course the post game is always right here, YouTube, Facebook, and wherever you get your podcasts. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, Gerald. I, I, I know, uh, I know we're going to de- probably deal with it at uh, points during the season, but uh, I see our, our audience along with um, every, everybody else apparently in the NBA knows how much we detest Darvin Ham's three guard lineup. And I just can't help but think, because Golden State is going small, that it's almost like a natural snake charmer for for Darvin Ham to be hypnotized enough to use a three guard lineup. Um, I hope he I hope he doesn't go that route. I uh, you know, and we can't make heads or tails really of the other the other team on the other side. They're missing a they're missing their starter. Um, a little different look with Draymond Green not in there and Chris Paul in the starting lineup. Uh, really small, you know. It it almost feels like that's a that's a, a, a train wreck waiting to happen for Darvin Ham and his three guard lineup, Gerald. Oh, you know we're gonna see it. You know we're gonna see it. Uh, you know we've got nothing but love for you, Z. Angerstein, one of our awesome individuals that's part of our chat on a regular basis. You know that's the. Uh, I don't want to say it's the Antichrist for her is the three-guard lineup, but it's pretty darn close. In the season, as I was just talking about the pop culture cosmos, you know, horror season has now arrived. You got the Exorcist coming into theaters. You had Saw X coming out just a couple weeks ago. You know, right now, my friend, the next horror movie for Lakers fans that comes out is going to be called Three-Guard Lineup. <laughs> I thought I'd mention that. Yeah. <laughs> I think D I think Z would have a different name for it, but yes, that <laughs> that's pretty good, Gerald. We'll have to tease her next time about that. Absolutely. <laughs> this is Raphael from NBA DraftJunkies.com and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. 
That's the Pop Culture Cosmos Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. But once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice, along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. I truly appreciate everyone out there. Kurt Affairs in the chat. Intel Wild. Darren, always great to have you here. Dante, Mission 24. Empire Jeff, Lakers in 5. Always great to have everyone here as part of the great community that we have. The best Lakers chat room that's out there, the Lakers Fast Break. Search and Destroy, moderating it all. Bloodhound is here as well. Three guard lineup, Darvin Ham's cover band. Yeah, absolutely. If he goes on the road, that's what's going to be the cover band indeed. But Magic Man, let me ask you this. But when we touch on it right now, we're going to go on a few minutes more about with LeBron because, again, he is taking the first game off. Could very well take the next game off. Looks like he will play probably only half the games of the exhibition season. I Again, I would just have him in for one or two. That's my personal choice. The less you could put him in, the better because – it's not like he hasn't played with AD and you know a lot because he has. It's not like he hasn't played with Austin Reeves a lot because by now he has. Even D'Angelo Russell, he's worked out quite a bit with him. He has. It's the fifth starter. I think it's up to the fifth starter, whoever they put in there, whether it's Prince, whether it's Rui, whether it's Vando, or whether it's Wood, somebody else, whoever they go ahead and ultimately put there in there as the starter. I think it's going to be an easier fit for them because the four players that are mostly aligned with the starting lineup should be able to go ahead and work with each other well already. And they've got that already in place. Yeah, absolutely. Gerald. Um, When we talk about those four in particular, they've played the most together. Uh, Each of them understands what their strengths and weaknesses are. Uh, this is a second training camp where they're all using the same vernacular, uh, same audibles. Uh, so there's not a language barrier between those four. So you're right. I think it's, it's more, uh, incumbent upon that fifth guy to come in and just play a role and things will take care of itself. The communication, the vernacular, um, you know, if you're unsure, sure of something you know that's when those four guys will will come in handy but you're right Gerald uh there's not a lot to there's not a lot to behold for those four they know exactly uh what they're doing out there it's it's up to that fifth person to assert themselves and and fit in with uh D'Lo Austin AD and LeBron and you're right Gerald why why tax him more than you have to it it it's it doesn't make it any doesn't logical. Serve. No, yeah, no, it's not. It's not like they're trying to gel or because again, they've already played with each other quite a bit in the playoffs when it matters the most. They've already qu- played quite a bit at the LeBron mini camp in San Diego. They've already played quite a br- bit or will play quite a bit in training camp. This is something where they've probably got a lot already worked out as far as the kinks that are that you know other starting lineups that the Lakers have had issues with because again last year. They had the most starting lineups in the NBA. That was a problem. Here I see now that they had one starting lineup throughout the playoffs. And that time together, to me, it seems like it's a lot. It's so much. It's so important. And it just means that they could go ahead and Austin Reeves, you could play a lot lighter. You don't have to go ahead and burn him out because he's coming off the extended run with FIBA, with AD, 
He's now over 30, so you got to make sure and manage his minutes in the exhibition season. It's about time you worry about – in fact, we've gone through se exhibition seasons where we haven't won a game. So winning or losing the exhibition isn't really that much of importance. It's just getting a good look at the guys and the rotation and hopefully getting some time together for the starting line to play a little bit with each other. But everybody's yeah. staying healthy. Yes, absolutely, Gerald, because uh... – um, if, if you look at uh, who uh, Durvenham had as uh, uh, the nine-man rotation, either Cam Reddish, Max Christie, uh, Jackson Hayes found themselves in that rotation. So if you're one of those guys, obviously your, your, impress your idea is when I get in there, it's like hell on wheels. I need to do everything possible to show my stuff and be that 10th man because it looks right now as if Darwin's going with like a nine-man lineup and uh, basically figuring out who if he can count on anybody else. One thing I do want to ask is uh, names that may or may not be in rotation have popped up in recent days. We talked uh, earlier this week about JHS, Jalen Huchifino, being the MVP of day one at training camp, again, you and I will have to see that actually physically on the court because we were not impressed with his summer, and but maybe he's made a leap. Maybe he's made that leap, you know, in working out with the Lakers, and I'm hoping that that's the case because wouldn't it be great to see him progress a lot farther than what we had originally thought he was going to go ahead and do and keeping my fingers crossed for the kid? Absolutely. Well, today it was more about Max Christie, and in recent days it's been more about Max Christie as well. A lot of eyes are being focused on, a lot of heads being turned about the play from Max Christie. I think he is an X factor in all of this. If he can really, really go ahead and show you a lot of the things that he did in Summer League, whether we were not as uh, we were as low on JHS as we were as high on Max Christie, if that could continue for Max Christie going throughout the season, starting with the a, maybe a good run to get him solidified in the rotation, because right now his spot is kind of tenuous. What would that mean for the Lakers going forward, my friend? Oh yeah, it'd be huge, Gerald. That'd be a that'd be a shot that'd be a shot in the arm, a boon, uh a cherry on top, uh however you want to describe that uh that advantageous situation. Um, look, I really hope that he turns a corner, not just for the Lakers, but for himself personally. Look, I, I really think we have a, th we have a strong three, uh, triad guard rotation right now with D'Lo, Gabe and Austin. It's just, I would feel a lot more comfortable, Gerald. And I know everybody else would, uh, with Max Christie, like you said, taking that next step, evolving, uh, becoming an, uh, a decent off-ball shooter where he's shooting 36, 37% off catch and shoots. Um, and look, Gerald, we, we saw it in Summer League. If if Christie shows that he's he's gotten better and he's more adept at his shot selection and making those catch and shoot shots, he will be able to attain more responsibility, Gerald. We've seen this with Darvin Ham and Austin Reeves. Mm -hmm. He as he basically asked Austin to play his basic game and he did and he did it very well and as a reward Gerald he gave Austin Reeves more responsibility, allowed him to drive, 
allowed him to play on the ball with both LeBron James and AD coordinating the offense. I'm not quite sure that Max Christie's going to get that kind of responsibility, even if he plays like extremely well, but he'll get playing time. He will get at least 20, 25 minutes of burn if he's making those catch and shoot opportunities. And there's no question, you're right, he is the X factor here. Because if you have that, if you have a st- that staple of, you know, a, a four guard quadrant, kind of like a coal chamber, um, that really changes how you have to play the Lakers because you have to, re- God forbid we say this, but you'd, I think you'd have to respect the efficiency of that three guard rotation if Christie was making his shots. I know, I know Zanger Stang doesn't want to hear that, but that's the ultimate logical deduction. He is just, just short of what you could call him as a small forward, 6'6", six, six, but his frame is still not wide enough or large enough or strong enough yet to be called a small forward. But it, like right. you said, if, he, if he's shooting well enough that you got to keep him in the lineup somewhere, playing him alongside two other 6'5 guards or 6'6", six, six, however you want to say it, in Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell, that would be a nice quick front line that could be able to, if playing to their talents and level that we hope they would, could really be something that's really good on both ends of the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, if if shoot is if Christie's real it, shooting is keeping him in the lineup, then that would also mean that his defense is either like passable or average or really good to, to in order to keep him in the lineup as well. I mean, there are two rec, there are two prerequisites to playing in uh, in a Darvin Ham lineup in a backcourt. You have to shoot and you have to play defense. If you could do both of those, you'll get playing time uh incessantly with Darvin Ham. If you don't for whatever reason, he is not he is not opposed to sitting your butt down and trying to play uh, duck, duck, goose with that uh, off-guard lineup to try and figure out somebody who can shoot. Once again, it is the Magic Man, Sean Grice, along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. It's the Lakers Fast Break. Truly appreciate you joining us. Thanks again. Truly appreciate everyone out there in the chat. The best Lakers chat room that's out there is, of course, the Lakers Fast Break. One of the things I want to ask you, Magic, is something that's been going on in our chat before we get to Joel Embiid and the evil villain, Michael Malone, a.k.a. the Emperor, as they say in Star Wars area, and Star Wars universe land. I want to ask you this, my friend, as Intel Wild, and truly appreciate Intel Wild's super chat right there for you. Uh, he hopes Christy gives us his max, pardon the pun, this season. See what I did there? Oh, oh, oh. Absolutely. I cannot thank you enough for the super chat. So I guess before I go ahead and touch on Cam Resch and Christian Wood, what are your thoughts again on Christie? Do you think he can really make a contribution so far in the early going? Do you think he'll get the opportunity is what I'm going to try and say? I would think so. I would think, you know, you're, you're really trying to work Gabe Vincent into a role here. At some point, he's going to need somebody uh, in that in that off guard slot, Gerald. I'd give Max Christie all the opportunity. He played well in the summer league. Uh, it looks like he's actually developed uh, and worked on his body as well. Um, look, I, I understand giving guys second chances. 
and we know that the the Los Angeles Lakers are one of the biggest reclamation project sites. <sighs> Got a sites. few on this roster. Yeah, in the way. NBA. But the fact of the matter is, is that I think what what holds water here is that um, Rob identified Max Christie as somebody he wanted to see in a Laker uniform, in a Laker mold. I think Rob and Darvin Ham are going to give Max Christie every opportunity to, to grab minutes in that off-guard spot off the bench, Gerald. It's defense. His defense has to be on point, though, Gerald. The shot comes and goes, just like in baseball with hitters. Sometimes you can go into a slump shooting. It happens. But his defense can't tick off. If his defense ticks off as much as his shot does, yeah, he's going to be relegated back to sitting on the bench and just watching and observing. All I will say is this, my friend. When it comes to baseball, your Toronto Blue Jays, yeah, it's not been uh, not been the best, I know. Tell me about it. But uh, when it comes to the Lakers, I really see some good signs. As long as they stay healthy, I really see some good things. And, you know, it, the depth of this lineup is something that I think is going to be right now, at least in the first part, not going to be in question. But one of the things about this depth I wanted to ask you about is Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish, you know, from my, I guess, talkings about on the show since December when, the, you know, they first people started uh, going on the hype train on Cam Reddish. Uh, Lakers should get him. Lakers should get him because he kept bouncing from team to team. Again, this is a guy very athletic, uh, you know, could play some pretty good defense if he chose to and, and got himself to do it. Very athletic, could be on a great team, you know, could be great or key on a team that's, you know, very much reliant on transition as the Lakers have been in recent years. But the one thing that's always eluded him as far as is the half court game and the fact he's been a very poor shooter from outside, which has hampered his growth as a player. And part of the reason, a big part of the reason why he's jumped from team to team to team or teams have moved on from him team after team after team. Your thoughts on Cam Reddish? We haven't heard too much about him this this training camp so far. Christian Wood a little bit here and there. In fact, he's the one that made comments on Max Christie and about how surprised he was at his game. But that means everybody's talking about Max Christie or more people talking about Max Christie. But less people may be talking about, of course, Cam Reddish. Yeah, absolutely, Gerald. So Reddish doesn't pass a lot either. That's 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 another little wrinkle about Cam Reddish. So you've got a player who Gerald is honestly shaky at best on the catch and shoot, like really shaky. Great athlete, like you said, uh, can run the floor like uh, like a gazelle, like a deer. Yeah, he needs to Lakers in five. He needs to run the floor. And he needs to shoot 33 to 35% at the minimum from behind the three. Otherwise, he's not going to get a consistent burn on this team. Yeah, yeah. no, no, no way. Um, he's not, he's even not going to get kind of the on ball opportunities he got with uh, basically the, the Knicks and the, the Trailblazers either. And the Hawks. And the Hawks. <laughs> so, I mean, Gerald's right. Uh, if Reddish isn't capable and prepared to knock down, those open catch and shoot opportunities. 
he's it's not it's not gonna work out no matter how good his defense is and no matter how well his locker room presence may be he's got to be able to catch and shoot uh in at least the the like Gerald was saying like 33 34 percent that like that's the minimum that's like the Mendoza line for shooters is that 33 34 percent and the thing to, is, though, his defense, you know, that for someone so athletic, his defense has not been where it needs to be. And for him to stay in this league, even if he can't shoot 33 to 34%, yes, he's athletic as all you know what out on the wings, but we have seen athletic players. Derek Jones Jr., mm-hmm. he has bounced around the league and he's on the fringes of the NBA because he's been playing good enough defense and he's a great leaper, but he never found a shot. If he never finds a shot, Cam Reddish, it could be a tough go for him ahead, which is part of the reason I didn't want him first place on the Lakers. Remember everybody was talking about it in our chat online. And I was just like, man, do you not see? Okay. I'm sorry. You saw the 30 seconds on Twitter of his highlights for a slam dunk. That's great and all, but do you see the rest of the time that he's in there? He has to become a more transformative player and be able to play on both sides of the ball or at least good enough and be effective enough that he can still have hope as a rotation player. Yeah, absolutely, Gerald. There's, you know, let's let's go through the uh, the elephant graveyard of kind of great perimeter players who um, had passable and very good defense but couldn't shoot. Yeah. Frank Nilakina. Mo Harkless. Who's still barely in the league. So uh, let's Frank Nilakina. So yeah. yes. So you're you're really clawing and scratching just to make a living in the NBA right now. Even if you have great defense, if you can't shoot, you can't make a living in this league. Gerald Alex that... Caruso doesn't have a consistent shot, but he can play de- defense at a superior level, which is part of the reason why he is still a very much desired individual in the NBA. Cam Reddish has the athletic ability to do so. It's just the matter of drive. If he can never find a shot, consistent shot, he needs to become a defensive stopper some point in time in his career. Yeah, absolutely, Gerald, because right now... Uh, 30% it, from behind the arc is not going to get it done. It's not going to cut it. That, that's not that's not passing the mustard yeah. on, on any team. Um, look, he, right now it's... It's all sizzle and no steak with Cam until he starts shooting. Once he starts shooting, then that then that will really um, transcend his game. He can become a very different player. But that will take a lot of patience from him personally, and it will take an opportunity because right now the opportunity isn't going to present itself. There are nine guys right now ahead of him in the rotation and he's got to work his butt off in practice and wait for that opportunity to make the best of it. Once again, it is the Magic Man, Sean Grice, the superstar from Let's Go Warriors earlier this evening, along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. After this, hopefully you will check out not only Lakers and Five, but Empire Jeff TV, but also as well, and John McKaylin, but also as well, go ahead on over when you get a chance to his actual great appearance on Let's Go Warriors during their season preview right there at Let's Go Warriors. Over 165,000 subscribers. Again, great time for Magic to go ahead. Great coverage for Magic, so definitely going to go ahead and just thank him for being a part of that. And 
Yeah, I would let me know ahead of time more quicker so I could at least help you, like, kind of spread the word, my friend. Yeah, I know, but uh, I I also had to deal with the Let's Go Warriors and their schedule as well, Gerald. So I I tried to do my best there, but uh, I appreciate it, my friend. No worries. Uh, I, I tried to do the best I can on short notice. So. Uh, you did fantastic. Thank you very much, Gerald. Intel Wild in the super chat. And thank you so much, Intel Wild. Once again, truly appreciate your kind offering there in the super chat. Serious question for the chat room and the LFB. Who do you think will be the unsung hero and step up the season? Besides Braun and AD, obviously. Unsung hero, you know, a lot of people might have Max Christie. You know, for me... Uh, I would probably say the unsung hero would be Christian Wood. That's, I think, the one that, if he's the one that blows up the most, because I think we're going to get good play from Austin Reeves. I think we're going to get okay play from D'Angelo Russell. You know, it's one day he's there, one day he's not, about 15 and 7. That's what I'm expecting from D'Angelo. That's, that's good enough to get him by, no problem. Gabe Vincent's going to be steady as a rock, I believe, for us. But if Christian Wood can find that extra step or if Cam Reddish can find a step, you know, like we've seen from Malik Monk, who used the Lakers as a stepping stone and more power to him for doing so to a nice big contract to see him become a big time player with the Sacramento Kings. I think one of those two players, if they become a key, if they become the unsung hero, if they can step up consistently and be really, really great parts of the rotation and actually something that other teams have to worry about, my God, that will make this just simply will make us one of the best teams in the league, no doubt. Yeah, 100%, Gerald. And, uh, I, you know, in order to answer Intel's question, I'll have to agree with uh, my fellow panelists. I think 1-2 is right there. I think um, Wood's probably the number one candidate to be the unsung hero. And then I agree with Gerald. I think Cam Reddish, um, just because there's so much smoke and uh, mystery. This will be one of his last stops. Still surrounding us. And uh, it's, it's, it's do or die time for Cam Reddish. It's, 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 I don't want to say it's do or die time because somebody else will take a chance on him. And if he flames out here and Jackson Hayes, same thing, but it's getting closer and closer to the end of the line for those guys, even at such a young and early age that, you know, it will probably bounce around for the rest of their careers. If they don't start getting in the right path, they don't start heading down a right path sooner rather than later. Right. Because you want to, in, in order to collect a, a check free or regularly, you usually have to average around 15 to 20 minutes minimum. Yeah. And be effective and or efficient and or available uh, yeah. <laughs> during that. We're but not yeah, counting Gerald, Rui as a sung, sung hero because the contract that you sign him on, you're not paying him to be an unsung hero. You're just paying him to go ahead and pay, you know, do as well as the value of your contract. And we're good. We're all good with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I do like the uh, the kind of the uh, uh, a mentor apprentice relationship there uh gerald that kurt made with uh daniel and uh mr miyagi that's not bad that's not bad look Rui working out with lebron lebron in the summertime is fantastic gerald but we we have to see the the fruits of that 
on the floor. If if yes. if, if it doesn't translate, it was all nice. Uh, well, it lasted, but uh, it's 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 about what have you done for me lately? Uh, and we're not worried about Rui at all. No, it's Rui's not an unsung hero. We know we know what Rui's capable of. I, I think a dark horse Gerald would be somebody who's not on the roster right now. Um, that would be a dark horse for possible impact and unsung hero. Uh, hey, look, nobody saw Matt Ryan coming last year and being our unsung hero. Uh, uh, he was so much of an unsung hero, he was unceremoniously dumped, and then now he's on a two-wave in Minnesota. So. Yeah, but he's still yeah. trying. He still made that. He's an unsung hero for one game. I'll give you one game. One game, there you go. But uh, Jackson Hayes, I know, is getting a lot of pub because you know he obviously gives you the highlights as far as the dramatic block. And the dramatic slam. But with Jackson Hayes, it's consistency. It's something about being able to or anchor a great defense coming off the bench. Can he do that? Uh, you know, because we I see some similarities. Some, not all, but, you know, Mo Bamba came in with, with some of that as far as potential, as far as hype. You know, but then we saw he just does not have the court awareness to go ahead and get it done. I think Jackson Hayes has thought of in somewhat of that context on the defensive end. It's like, yeah, he could jump to the stratosphere, but if he's doing it from the other side of the court where the ball's actually at, it really doesn't help you too much. So court awareness, I think, is the key for him. Do you think he'll be able to shore that up a little bit to make an impact on the defensive end for the Lakers? I think he can do that sparingly, but I wouldn't expect it consistently. Um, good, good points there, Gerald. Yeah. You know, he, he could be really useful as far as his energy. Um, he's not, he's a fairly good offensive rebounder. He also has a knack for tipping balls out, which mm-hmm. tries to, tries to keep the play alive Ra- rather than commit. That's where one area where he has improved rather than commit a, a, a dumb foul. He will, he would rather tip it out and trying one of his teammates get a 50-50 ball. But like you said, Gerald, oftentimes his his high-energy play is often used against him, being so energetic. When you have that high anxiety playing, it could be used against you. And like you said, Gerald, if you if you don't have the, um, the requisite, you know, critical thinking that's required for microprocessing in the NBA, going to look – going to look embarrassed once in a while and yeah he's he's kind of embarrassed himself in the pelicans at times um like i said sparingly i think if if uh you know he was called upon to do that for any for five to ten minutes i think that's adequate asking from a jackson hayes anything more i get concerned because if his efficiency really takes a dip the once you get up more beyond like the twenty minute mark with Jackson Hayes, he's just not an efficient player anymore, Gerald. Well, the thing is, I agree with Kurt. We do have to temper our some of our expectations for some of these new players. It's a new offense to learn, new chemistry to develop. Some folks assimilate quicker than others, but also is the fact that some of these players do have a lot at stake as far as possible futures in the NBA contracts are concerned free agency for them you know for a lot of these players are still on the line for them 
that is with a lot of the players in the NBA. I mean, there are fan bases all over the world right now, or especially here in the States, with 30, 29 other NBA teams. They're all saying, I like this guy. I think this guy can break out. Oh, this guy can break out. Realistically, Sean, not everybody on the Lakers that are on this roster now will ultimately break out and have a productive season that will get them more eyes on noticing on them if they hit free agency. The realistic goal is to go ahead and have an effective nine to 10 man rotation with one or two players stepping up for you more than what you expected. Your thoughts on that? Because again, every fan base in Phoenix, the guys you talked to there, they're hoping that their supporting cast, one or two of those guys, oh yeah, I, I expect this guy to go ahead and step up or this guy to step up. Golden State. They're expecting hopefully good things out of Dario Saric or or maybe one of those young players like Moody or Kaminga to finally go ahead and take that next step. You know, we it's just we all have these expectations about the rotation players, but only very few of them actually ultimately play a payoff. Yeah, I honestly, Gerald, that that's so true. Um, you know, you're if you have if you have an embarrassment of riches. Sometimes you end up with an opportunity like Mark Dagnall had with uh, the OKC Thunder, where you're so you're so blessed with depth that you could play a 13 man rotation, an average of 15 to 17 minutes a night. Not like that with a contender. You have uh, basically a finite amount of roster construction that you really only want to deal with come playoff time. Gerald was hit the nail on the head. Anywhere from, you know, an 8 to an 11-man rotation at the most. Usually it's 9. So with this 9-man rotation, Gerald, I like it a lot. I really do. I think it's strong. But you're right. Not everybody is going to uh, get a gold star at the end of the year. Jackson Hayes, Cam Reddish, Max Christie, not all of them are going to get gold stars at the end of the year, Gerald. So I'm I'm hoping – you know, a couple of them shine through, but I mean, re- really, the X factor is Max. It, it, it really is. Um, he's going to be given every opportunity. And while I know that, um, well, if Cam Reddish and or Jackson have really great seasons, that's wonderful. That's great. Um, when you look at the four, the four main guys they brought in who are basically on one years, it's Max, it's Cam. Uh, it's Jackson Hayes and it's Christian Wood. I mean, if one, if one of, if two of those guys break out and it's Max Christie and Christian Wood, it doesn't take a genius to figure out who the Lakers are going to try and bring back. I think Gerald, even if Cam and or Jackson have a really great season, it's a really great season for the Lakers. And like you said, it's a springboard for somebody a la Malik Monk to get a bigger contract. I will say this and we'll close out this part of the conversation because yes, Intel in the description, I did actually have this set this uh, very conversation coming up here next. The one thing I will say is the Lakers, like a lot of these other teams have a lot of reclamation projects and a very few of them will ultimately play off, pay off with Phoenix. Again, most of that roster is reclamation projects that you're hoping that will pay off for them because they got, they've got a lot online because essentially all of them, are on are free agents or, or not all of them, but most of them are going to be free agents or they'll have the options to be free agents next year. The Lakers have four key rotation players and Wood, Reddish, Hayes, and Christie 
all vying for time, all vying for attention for not only reasons to help the team, but for monetary reasons as well. So it's very important for them to go ahead and be able to go and provide some consistent help off the bench because if they don't, they're already on minimum salaries, all of them. They're already on very small salaries. That's going to be something that they're going to have to get used to if they don't do well this year. A hundred percent, Gerald. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm sure I'm sure if, if it gets to a point where one of them is really frustrated, they might be able to pull a Thomas Bryant and ask to be traded. But then we saw what happened with Thomas Bryant, Gerald. Uh, Thomas I will Bryant- say, though, I will be upset, though. If I hope Christie does hit Allen. But, yes, you've heard me for quite some time now. I will be absolutely ticked off at Rob Palenka in a way that because this is something you could have prevented after what happened last time with THT. Yeah, I know THT didn't quite work out, but THT didn't quite work out because he came out with a high price tag. You paid two seasons before you really should have. And and that's the problem right there. With Max Christie, it's just a problem of, hey, okay, this is something you could have prevented down the line. You watch him grow and mature, but you only gave him two years. You could say Lonnie Walker, the fourth contract caused all that. Yeah, that's fine, whatever. At the end of the day, you spent money to get into the second round to draft him. Putting him on only a two-year contract was, a, I think, ultimately a mistake. And if Allen has anything to say about it as far as what his thoughts are on, I agree. If Max plays well, it's going to cost us a lot more next summer. Yeah, I mean, Gerald, uh, and by the way, everybody, um, uh, I, I will post uh, a, a link in the description of a video that uh, Gerald did where we discussed the uh, the Max Christie uh, draft pick. But Gerald's thoughts uh, are the same this evening as they were that night. Two-year contract is so short-sighted, both in the short term and the long term. And I, like Gerald was saying, if you want to talk yourself into that, oh, well, they had to finagle the the finances to make the money ah blah 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 we 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 know you don't spend four million dollars for a, to for Orlando one. to get that pick just to put him on a two year contract it just seems like it was just a short sighted move and that that was really at the height of Rob making mistakes left and right but again it all depends it won't look less so bad if he flounders this season but if he hits like you me Allen and a lot of our chat thinks he might be a good rotational player or at least show some promise. That's something that I think that, you know, maybe ultimately Rob might regret. A hundred percent, Gerald, because, you know, we do know that pretty much like around 60 to 75% of your, your best production as far as salary cap goes is on a rookie contract. Yeah. Usually the player starts hitting their stride around that, that end of that second, beginning of that third year, and that contract that you've signed that you've signed for a player, you get a lot out of their youth. But as Gerald was saying, Max Christie still in the pr- not even hitting his prime yet. Maybe oh, he's looking- not even close yet. Oh, no. <laughs> and and now he's hitting unrestricted free agency. You haven't taken advantage of the fact that his best years would likely be un under a rookie contract and even that even if he popped like popped popped 
that second contract would still have value. But you now had, you could have had Alex Caruso on a longer contract. Longer you could have you could have had THT on a longer contract to see if that would work out and a cheaper contract. You know, you didn't have to go ahead and pay him as soon as you did, but you you know you these things, if Rob hopefully will do better, he did better with the Maxwell Lewis contract. So he's mm-hmm. a little bit more, uh, you know, receptive of that. So I will give him credit for that. Cause he's after three times, he's kind of learning from his mistakes there. And of course we know how well he did on the trading front and obviously in free agency. So I'm giving him more and more credit. I'm going to do that, but you know what? In a way I'm hoping this one bites him in the butt because that means Max Christie has a good season. And so will the Lakers. Yeah, 100%, 100%, Gerald. That's what we should root for. That that yeah. that that it bit him in the ass, yeah. and uh, we're all the better for it because he's yeah. going to have to end up paying. Not us. He's going to have to end up end up going to Genie and saying, Genie, I made a mistake. We really need to sign Max Christie. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. So if that's the case, we're hoping for that. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout. But we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. We'll see more as the days, as the exhibition season, as far as who might be in the rotation, who's going to get a good look, and who may ultimately come out as part of the Lakers rotation. But before we head on out, a couple more subjects to talk about, my friend. And one is the subject below that was mentioned right here in the Super Chat by Intel Wild. Most appreciative of it. And also as well, if you want to go ahead and make sure your Super Chat is on the air, please go ahead at any point in time. Go ahead and put it away right there for you on the Super Chat on YouTube. It's, Wintel Wilds asking, I'm sure you all heard by now about Joe Allen Bead saying he'll play for the U.S. in the Olympics. Any thoughts on that? And that's something we had in the description I had planned on for tonight's show, my friend. I really wish Joe was here. If there was an episode I wish Joe was here on, it was for this conversation that we were going to have right now because you know Joe out there is not exactly thrilled. Okay, he's absolutely livid at the thought of other players going and playing for other countries' teams that have really not a very, uh, let's say, close alignment or birth alignment with that specific country as far as, you know, direct and all. You know, just like, for instance, what, uh, you know, Kyle Anderson with, with China, I think that really was the one that bothered him the most. But, you know, from all over, these teams that are getting players from the NBA that, don't have a direct line there. Although Clay Thompson and the Bahamas, I still think that's more legit because of obviously his father coming from the Bahamas and being such a part of that. So I kind of let that one be okay, but uh, I don't have a problem with that one. But Joel Embiid stated today because he did have an option on who he would play for in the night in the 2024 Olympics. And he has decided to play for team USA. That's awesome. He notified Grant Hill today that he is intending to play for the U.S., I am. For me, it's okay. I, I mean, it would be great, it, you know, as far as it's concerned, to have everything on the up and up with a concern on this FIBA. But it's the real world, and I don't expect it anymore to happen. I expect it, like again, 
my sister's brother's cousin's next door neighbor was, you know, of this descent. So that allows me to go ahead and play on your national team. That's pretty much what it comes down to these days. That's fine. Whatever. It makes it more, more interesting. It's all about money and TV anyways, when it all comes down to it. So your thoughts, my friend, on Joel Embiid being on the French national team? No, he's on the Team USA instead going to Paris. Ah, uh, oui, 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 Gerald. The French could not uh, secure Joel Embiid's services. I think that's because of the fact that they've got a lot of seven-footers over there already, and the, and the Team USA does not have a great plethora of skilled Seven footers outside of AD, you know, Bam at a bio, 6'10. You could say he's going to be whatever. You know, there's not too many. Walker Kessler is not going to be at that level that soon, anyways. So he probably wouldn't make the team. I think it's a, it's a grand opportunity for him. And I can't say I blame him for jumping on Team USA. Uh, no, not at all, Gerald. Uh, giving it, given his reasons, uh, he said his son is uh, an American. That was his main motivation. So so he says, good for USA Basketball, Gerald. Uh, I don't want to do a Joe impression because I really would like hurt my vocal cords. So I don't really want to do that. I do the high pitch stuff. He, I just want to do like the I'm mad at the world that type stuff. That I'll let him do that. But yeah. Sean, you can. You're more than welcome to. Um, but you, you're kind of laid back. Kind of yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little too laid back. And I think if I got that gravelly throat voice i think it could only last about maybe 15 seconds doing a joe yeah, impression absolutely i mean mick foley uh, says he can't do some of the voices he could do back in his career so yeah i definitely want to go ahead and make sure i still have a career so yeah i'm gonna avoid doing the joe sorrow voice for now my friend but you know continue on with what you're saying uh so you're okay with it mm-hmm. i am i think okay. this is a this is a great move for uh team usa basketball gerald um <laughs> The MVP, the reigning MVP of the NBA is going to be the starting center for Team USA at the 2024 Olympics, Gerald, in Paris. I'm sure there's not a huge anticipation uh, in the world of basketball in America, Gerald, right now for 2024, but it is an arms race everywhere else. Um, yeah, just like in the NBA, it's going to be an arm race heading towards the Olympics. Already heard rumors that Stephen Curry is being pushed and prodded to be going to Team USA. LeBron has already stated he's going to be in there and, and health willing him. And you know he's going to drag AD into the, the Olympics as well. Kevin Durant, of course, you know he's got him on the hookup. Going to go, hey, that, that come on three, down. That three. Devin Booker. That, yeah, the, but Gerald, I mean, God. Uh, you've got Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid, and Bam Adebayo as your, your front court. That's going to be tough. Go. Problem be... solved, my friend. Problem solved. <laughs> That's going to be tough. I know I know Spain and, and France with Webby are going to be pretty formidable with their front courts, but that's a whole lot of depth there. Because you got Rudy Gobert, Webby. Yeah, yeah th- those two will probably provide you some some poundage against uh, Embiid, but still. Yeah, it's you know from the outside you've got Durant who could probably give you one more good Olympics. LeBron could give you one more good Olympics. A lot of good things to see. Again, again, if you have Stefan out there bombing away threes, you could have Damian Lillard on the team bombing away from three. 
Yeah, it kind of makes for a, a little bit more secure feeling. I'm not going to say it's a done deal as of yet. I ultimately have to see the lineup that goes to Paris. Oh, and Gerald. Gerald. I think it's a good opportunity. Your, yeah. can, your Canadian team ain't going to be too shabby as well. No, not too shabby. We should we should be uh, should be vying for a medal as well. Uh, uh, Alan, though, I would say you're right. Four years from now, eight years from now, I don't know if the replenishment is going to be there. Because LeBron James is not coming out of that retirement home to come and save you at that point in time. But for now, he's going to be here for you. So, yeah, I agree with you, Alan. Absolutely. 2024 shouldn't be the concern. It's 2028 Eight. and 2032 should be the concern. Absolutely. And Gerald, Gerald then mentioned this, is that, uh, you know, if you had Walker Kessler over there, why the hell didn't you play him? Yeah. I mean, it just it was ridiculous that they didn't play him as much as they did. Uh, only not giving him meaningful minutes just should have given him a, a more of a look. I just I questioned a lot of things I saw at Team USA, and just was really kind of weird how that for, worked out. But a rookie, a rookie had four, it was fourth in blocks in the NBA drill, and could barely get on the floor for Team America. Come on. I do believe in Cooper Flag. I have seen footage of him. He looks really good. Boozer's kid looks really good. Holmgren. I heard there's some twins that also look pretty good out there. Not the Thompson mm-hmm. twins, but the other twins. I heard that there might be good out there, but the Thompson twins. But it just is not that stacked of Durant, Curry, LeBron, and Bede that you could throw out there that really just, you know, say, Oh yeah. That's a uh, it's not a lot of name recognition. You're yeah, right. Not yet, yeah. not yet. Not yet. Yeah. We'll see how that develops. Cause in 2028, it could be a different story by then. And I could be more at ease, but we'll see what happens, but I'm okay with Joel Embiid. I'm okay with any of these players want to play for a different country. Even Kyle Anderson going ahead to play for China. If he wants to do that, if he wants to get the experience, hell, if you just want to do it to get the summer full of work in and work in and have somebody else fit the bill for it, fine. Go ahead and do that. Uh, I know Joe has an issue for with it as far as because from a patriotism standpoint, but in 2023 and now in 2024, you're finding less and less of that as far as the ways things used to be to the way things are now. I mean, you could go ahead if you're FIBA and really clamp down on that, but then you're just only shooting yourself in your own foot because of all the money and revenue you'll lose because you'll have all those star players not playing for those teams. Yeah, absolutely, Gerald. That that's that's the cash cow for FIBA is the the more star players available, uh, the more cash flow they're going to have. Um, absolutely. <laughs> oh, there you go. They get, they've already heard, I'm sure, all those references already. I, I actually like the Thompson Twins. I, I like their body of work. Uh, they really been, were cool. From but then again, you know, a lot of my, a lot of my upbringing was 80s and 90s stuff, anyways. But yeah, Thompson Twins. I do, will never argue with you on that. Uh, hopefully, they will provide a comeback, and I, maybe they are still playing out there as far as in concerts. But we'll see what happens with the Thompson Twins for. Team USA down the road, because I have a feeling they will play for Team USA down the road. But for now, Joel Embiid is looking like he's going for health willing, being a, a member of Team USA. So I'm looking forward to that. And you don't seem to have a problem with it, too. Next time we get Joe here on the air, please remind me, chat room. Please remind me, Magic Man, because, you know, that might be a rant that you all want to hear. 
Uh, and if that's the case, we'll definitely have him on. He's not even in the chat, so it tells you he's busy because the one word he told me today is busy. He So he is busy, legit. When he's not even in the chat talking smack, that tells you he is busy doing something, whether it's uh, Simblades related, whether it's corrupt related, whatever, he's doing something Joe Sora related. So definitely uh, want to make sure we ask him about Joel Embiid. Uh, Magic Man or the chat, please remind me the next time he's on the show because we'll definitely hear his thoughts indeed. But, you know, glad to hear everybody's everybody's thoughts out there in the best Lakers chat room, the Lakers fast break. But before we head it out, my friend, I think the part of the show that you and I really wanted to get to, and that's the uh, little bit of uh, going back and forth between the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Lakers, continuing the theme here most of the week as far as trying to generate something, something of interest coming out of Lakers training camp that's, that reporters can sink on their teeth into. And that is the little bit of rhetoric that has taken place over the course of the past few days in regards to the comments made by both Anthony Davis and also as well Austin Reeves when it comes to what they're talking about as far as being very excited for a matchup, the opening game matchup against the Denver Nuggets, because they're very, they're looking forward to it, to say, because of the smack talk that was talked about with uh, that by Denver during the course of their, their run. And they did proceed to go, especially their coach, Michael Malone. And Michael Malone this week providing a little bit more onto that by saying, I don't know what they're talking about. I don't remember any smack talk. I talked. I don't know anything about that. You know, paraphrasing, mind you. But, you know, he's denying what he said previously just a short bit ago when it's all on video and it's all on audio. It's all right there for you. So he's trying to totally deny it. So your thoughts on this, my friend, because... It seems right now in Lakerland, when we talk about Michael Malone, not necessarily the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets, we do want to beat them. But Jokic, okay, Jokic is Jokic. You know, he's just chill, you know, runs his horses, comes here, and he's just he's just an outstanding center. Murray talks a little bit, but he wasn't the level of Bruce Brown, who they let go. So they don't really have a super smack talker per se. You could say Murray might take a little bit of that, but Michael Malone, him just trying to play these continual mind games, does that make him behind it get winning a championship? Does that make him Lakers most wanted number one? Uh, right now it does, Gerald. Yeah, uh, and you know what? We don't we don't really focus on clowns, but you know when you're when you're trying to clown us, uh, prepare to be pwned, and that's that's I think. The message that should be sent loud and clear, Gerald. Yeah, I agree I, with Bloodhound. He's a thorough Jokic is a thorough professional. He just goes in there, does his work. Uh, he got himself in the shape, deserved the MVP. Uh, you know that he won two MVPs that he won. Transformed the way he he has been playing the center position. I got nothing but respect for him. I, I give you that on that all day long. He has not gone gone and done smack talked to any smack. He just said, you know what. So let me win basketball games and then be done with it. Yeah, you know, Aaron Gordon just uh, ripping off the tarp and celebrating <laughs> in front of uh, the the stadium, Gerald. I didn't mind that either. I found that pretty that's just, funny. Yeah, that's just in the moment because I there's not a consistent line. If there's not a consistent, line, line, there's not a consistent yeah. line, like Dylan Brooks, 
there's a consistent line of being an idiot continuously. That's yes. why we kept on calling him an idiot continuously is because he kept on acting like it. Aaron Gordon, he of the moment, they just swept the Lakers. Yeah, okay, you're going to go ahead and ca get caught up in the emotion. No problem. Did he continue to talk smack after it? Uh, if he did, I'm not aware of it. No. Uh, Bruce Brown, he did talk smack about it, but then he backed it up in that finals by owning uh, Duncan Robinson to the point where it got so bad he was put on Wikipedia that he was that he was doing so bad. So I will say this really, really just, uh, you know, most of the Denver Nuggets I have no problem with. Denver Nuggets, baby, when he's here, truly a great amount of respect for him. Cool McCain has been a great part yeah. of our conversations. Yeah. But when it comes to Michael Malone, yeah, that guy needs to start keeping his mouth a little bit more shut. Yeah, it's 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 not only it's a form of gas. Although Intel Wild in our super chat chat said, "I so want to see Malone shut his mouth this season." Keep talking, buddy. Yeah, it's it's like it's a common it's a common case now, Gerald. We we've seen this before with gaslighting. It's you you basically you 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 start the fire, you light the match, and then you just turn around he'll say we didn't yeah, help you bully yeah. joel we didn't start, start the fire, the fire. <laughs> i knew you were going to do that <laughs> but yeah it like this is a perfect example of darvo uh deny attack reverse victim offend oh oh oh, oh it's the lakers it's the lakers who have us on their mind and darvin ham is feeding into this a little bit and he's playing this up a little bit uh in regards to that so he's feeding a little bit of this for lakers fans it's a good and promo it's a good yeah. promo by both of them i must say i think it's more like you said Drew. i think it's a little bit more fun for 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 ham yeah. i, I yeah. think i think malone's just taking it way too seriously personally um but you know you gotta back up what you say you know if you want to you want to be on that cinnamon whiskey uh for about four hours and and not remember what what you said but uh everybody else heard what you said michael sink ships. You know, Frank Vogel, again, I always go back to it. When we dominated them in the bubble for the Western Conference Finals, I didn't hear one thing from Frank, Frank Vogel outside of respect for the Nuggets. And that's just who he is. He's a respectful person, low-key, doesn't try to go ahead and do anything undermining, doesn't try to send mixed messages, doesn't send any backhanded compliments. He just goes out there, does his business. And I always, always respect him for that. Darvin Ham, I like because he's got a little bit of an edge because he gets it. You know, we it took some time to go ahead on the coaching end to get it, but he was starting to get it by the end of the season. Obviously, that that helped. How far he will take this team under his guidance is still yet to be reigned to be seen. But as far as the PR end, he's been around long enough as an assistant coach and a player. He gets that part of the game. He gets the mind games, and he's actually been a part and seen so much of that so far in the league. So I get that. So that's fine. It plays it up a little bit. But I also don't want this season to try to be won or lost in the first game. This is an 82 or an 83 game season for a couple teams. You know, an 80 plus game season leading into a, you know, a four, five round playoffs, a four round playoffs that uh, that you're going to be playing. In some cases, five, you're playing plans. So it just seems to me like, Maybe we shouldn't try so much effort to concentrate on the opening game. Just get in there, get the win, go home, move on with the season because 
most people will forget about the first game of the season come March and April and focus in then on the playoffs. Yes, that, that that's true in and of itself. I agree. I'm, I'm just worried about that burnout. I'm just worried if they get they the, the Lakers will get so hyped up and will win the game on the on, on Denver that they'll end up expending all that energy and emotion and come out flat against Phoenix. Yeah, uh, you think two days you, later. Th- you think it'll be a an energy drain, Gerald? If they become too emotional, you've seen it, my friend. You've seen it. We've seen it both, and especially for the regular season where you're going to have your highs and lows over the course of the season. 100%. I just, I would love a message to be sent to both of those teams and with two wins early on that says you need to count the Lakers in and right there for you and when they're healthy, because hopefully, God willing, they'll be healthy going into those both those matchups and be able to come out on top. And if they do, that's going to send a message to not only those two highly thought of teams, but also the rest of the league that the Lakers need to be thought of in that first tier of teams for a, for a world championship. I agree with that. I think, you know, Gerald, we, we do live in a 24 hour news cycle. So as you said, uh, a lot of people will look at, uh, um, that first game as a distant memory, like you said, come February and March. That being said, you know what, Gerald? Being 2-0 and in um, in the confines of uh, a cannibalistic conference. I That's mean, that what would, I want the most right now. That so would be jet. Get that off would be, a good start. That would be jet fuel for not only optimism, but... Uh, but uh, belief as well, and it, coming it's off not... the memorial service that was last year at yeah. two and ten, mm-hmm. where it was basically this show, and that chat room was a funeral parlor. Essentially, I felt mm-hmm. like we all needed. To, I, I should have suggested to you guys that we all dress in black because it was just so bleak at that point in time. I wanted to be the opposite of that and have a consistent feel all season long. That's my hope. Yeah, 100%. I, I mean, I think we stayed uh, the 14th team for like almost a calendar year, Gerald. Yeah. So that was that was a little much for yeah. all of us. <laughs> it took all the patience in the world for us to show up. And believe you me, there were nights where I'm sure Gerald just did not want to come here. Just oh, there was many nights, to be honest with you, but it was our commitment to trying to grow this brand, to try and grow uh, what we were doing to be here. And I said before, and I say it again, we're going to be here in good times and bad times. As Lakers fans, you have to embrace that highs and lows. Uh, we were very fortunate our first year in existence to get the world title. I mean, that was it was great, and it all worked magic. But we have seen some highs and lows in the years since Magic Man. We've been through some real highs and lows. And, you know, if you're a Lakers fan, I don't want to say if you're a true Lakers fan, because if you're a Lakers fan, you're going to be a Lakers fan regardless. You know, there's people that always hop on the train when the Lakers are doing good, and that's fine and dandy. That's that's fine. But when it comes to what we're seeing here with the Lakers, I just want a healthy season from this rotation. Because if we get that, where they're relatively healthy all year long, more than most teams in the NBA – that could really bode well for us for a really strong season to come. 100%, Gerald. Absolutely agree. And, uh, yeah, we're here, win or lose. Um, more losses than wins, like, as Gerald has said, uh, since the first year from the World Championship. But it, it's about 
it, it's just about growing this community and being there when they need us the most. Yeah. And yeah, so I've oftentimes, uh, please guys use this channel as as a vent when when things go bad because uh, we love it, win or lose. Uh, it's a I, I will okay. I will say I will say this, Joe. Um, uh, Blood just had a comment about the the McNuggets being in the fat sauce. So what's the, the best sauce that McDonald's offers? You know, it's that Szechuan sauce. They're actually, I think, aren't they bringing it back? Because uh, actually, if you watched season two of Loki, episode one tonight, I will say, hint, hint, at somewhere point in that first episode, there is a McDonald's McNuggets reference. I won't say where it is because that's spoilers, but it is there. But I think it's that Szechuan sauce that everybody goes crazy for. For me, it's about the hot mustard, but okay, I'll take what it is. Yeah, I like the hot mustard, the buffalo sauce. That those would be my two picks. Intel Wild says they should change their name. New name will be the McNuggets going forward. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yes, it's pretty uh, good. I, I I will say this though. I mean, it, it, they are they are the presumptive favorites. They uh, should coming, be coming in as defending champions. Absolutely. Uh, a lot hinges on health with them. It's on all these teams. 100%, all these teams. 100%. I think more so because all these teams are top heavy. The Lakers are the only one with a really deep bench of the top six teams in the NBA. I think they have the deepest bench of the top six teams in the NBA. So they could handle a little bit more injuries than most. But even if LeBron and AD get hurt, they're going to be severely impacted as well. But all of these teams, if they get a major injury with a big-time player, it could affect their season and alter it in a direction they don't want to see. Yeah, absolutely, Gerald. Uh, the two the two teams I would put at the top of that list would be Denver and the Bucks. Anything happens to Giannis's knee or Brooks' back, I think it's not lights out and it's not a funeral procession, but – you're really not liking their chances. Um, with Denver, I think either one of Jokic or, or Murray, if uh, something happens with one of them, same thing. I think both of those teams probably have the top, I would say, five to six on, on the rosters, the Bucks and Denver. But like Gerald was saying, uh, any key injury just will, will uh, jettison them down to a, another tier. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice, along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Uh, before we head on out, again, we've got a great weekend coming up for everyone out there. Friday, we've got a great show, as always, talking about what's going on with the Lakers. Saturday, oh, we've got a lot in store for you, my friends out there. First up, 3 p.m. on Saturday, it is Lakerholic Spotlight. Already started that, already got that underway, already got that scheduled with the guys from Lakerholic. So Laker Tom's going to be there. Sean Grice is going to be there. Hopefully Jamie Sweet, the Lakerholics, maybe leaving Laker Nick and Joe Sorrell. Hopefully we'll be there as well. Of course, that leads you into 5.30, our coverage of the Lakers and Golden State in the first exhibition game of the season. That'll be on playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. Once again, that's playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. And then afterwards, of course, the best post game for the Lakers that's out there. No, it's not Lakers Nation. No, it's not any other Lakers channel. It's right here. You know it. We know it. 
Everybody knows it. It's the Lakers fast break. You know, we've been doing it now for quite some time, and we're going to keep at it this year. Truly enjoying everything that we've been doing as far as our post games. And we think that the one area that we do better than anybody else, it is the Lakers post games right here for you at the Lakers fast break. Sunday, we've got a very special Lakers 101 interview for you. And also, I did it as a surprise to Magic Man Sean Grice. And I hope Joe Soros as well. I hope he read, he hasn't even read my emails today, which is, you know, he's been busy if something's going on like that. But I've got a great guest coming on Sunday morning, 9 a.m., which I know for a lot of you guys out there, you're going to be still sleeping or you're going to be setting your lineups for fantasy football. Remember, by week, week five, got to remember, look, look at your lineups. If you can't catch it live, Please catch it sometime on Sunday because we have a great Lakers 101 coming up with author Rich Cohen. He made a book recently that came out last month, When the Game is War, the NBA's Greatest Season, which in his determination after doing a lot of research, interviews, which he will talk about on the show, is the 1987-88 season, which gets me pumped up. Makes me look at my Lakers t-shirt right there. 1988 World Champions back-to-back shirt I've got hanging up right there from that from 1988. So definitely want to go ahead and be able to. I'm waking up early because that's early for me on a Sunday morning. I'm waking up early to go ahead and talk to him. If you can't, I understand. But please, at some point in time, go ahead and check out our Lakers 101. We're going to go ahead and do that for you on 1987 88 and if that was the greatest year in the nba magic man that's my gift to you and joe since you guys are the encyclopedias i should call you world book and britannica one of you which world book one of us britannica whichever one you like go ahead and do that my friend but what are your thoughts on that before we head on out uh two thoughts one uh i loved uh the series final which and darren you're probably right i do like long goodbyes go ahead (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I did enjoy the um I like promos. I like doing a lot of promos just to remind you what's coming. So I I did enjoy uh the HBO show Vinyl that uh, Rick was associated with. Yeah, you Gerald. mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. they gave that a quick axe. Yeah, was but out. it was it was really great. Um also uh just wanted to say for Gerald to schedule this at 9 a.m. Obviously Gerald is the best uh, and most uh, accommodating hosts we have on the uh, the internets. But for this man to get up at 9 a.m., sacrificing sleep for the good of Lakers Fast Break, ladies and gentlemen, please tune in for this very, very special interview. And thank you very much, Gerald, for hooking us up because for Gerald to sacrifice sleep for the Lakers Fast Break, that means he loves us, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I'll tell you what, it's just something that when I heard him on another interview and I got to do a little bit more investigation today on his work, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to reach out and try because it's always nice bringing off Jeff Perlman. We brought on Jeff Perlman before he became Jeff Perlman, you know, with winning time and all that. So we got two chances to talk to him. If you look in the archives, there's two interviews I have with Jeff. And also we have another great interview later this month with another great author, coming up here that we will tell you about here in the coming weeks. So that's coming up later in the month, but yes, yeah, Sunday, definitely looking forward to Rick Cohen to talk about if 1987, 88 was the best year in the NBA, as he is stating in his new book, 
If you want to go ahead and get it ahead of time for those out there on, of course, Amazon, Audible, uh, if you want to go ahead and check it out on your Kindle, if you got one still, When the Game is War, the NBA's Greatest Season by Rich Cohen. It's available right now, $13.99 on Kindle. Audiobook is 6 bucks, and hardcover is 20 bucks. So not too bad, not too bad price. And you can actually, uh, actually, the Kindle price right now, again, like I said, is under $14. So there you go. Uh, great deal indeed. Go ahead and check that out, and hopefully you'll be prepared. Or if you can check it out after you watch our interview with Rich Cohen, hopefully you get a chance to go and enjoy it. And let us know your thoughts whenever you do read the book, if you agree that 1987-88 was the best season ever for the NBA. Sean, it's been a great episode. Any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? Great show, Gerald. Uh, covered all the bases. Uh, really enjoyed it tonight. Uh, great, great 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 crowd again we have the best lakers shot on the internet i'm telling you my friends out there please if you get a chance after we go off the air go ahead and check out this man right here this man this man this you know that guy right there that guy right there it's so hard to do that with the camera and all that you're always yeah, pointing yeah. in the wrong direction yes. <laughs> that guy right there sean matching man grice he was on let's go warriors he absolutely killed it the he even had the warriors fans impressed with him that's how good it was so please go check him out let's go warriors i'm truly thankful that he had the time to go ahead and do they plugged our our show which is the most important thing for all of us here so because it gets us more notoriety i'm not going to be dishonest with you out there but i'm just so thankful that he got a chance and opportunity to be there uh we talked mavs has been great they've been retweeting our stuff uh you know the guys from phoenix you were on their show my god man you're gonna become the nba aficionado for the lakers fast break it feels good it feels good gerald we're we're building up something fierce here it's strong i can feel it Intel Wild, get a chance to check out his book. He's got detailed reasons why. It includes Jordan in there as a big reason why that year was, uh, in his estimation, the best. Because about all the players at that time. And like I say, he'll go into it on the Lakers 101 on Sunday. So Sean is a goat indeed. Definitely a great part of what we do here at the Lakers Fast Breaks. So for Magic Man Sean Grice and, and a busy Joe Soro. Cheryl Glassford, thanks so much for watching and listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Uh, we're going to bring you whatever news comes out of Lakers camp heading into their first exhibition game coming up there. I'm also trying to go ahead and get a Boston Celtics redo with Jonathan Quinn. Hopefully I can get a confirmation on that. That may come as early as this weekend as well. So hopefully I can get an answer on back yet, but we'll wait and see. But for Sean Grice, it's Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. We'll see you tomorrow with another great episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. The best Lakers chat room that's out there and also the best action, the best entertainment, and the best Lakers news that's out there can only be found at one place right here. The Lakers Fast Break Podcast.